This is CliffCentral.com. Is this thing on? You're listening to The Bounce Show. It's live. Well, not this bit, but it's live on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Platt. <clears throat> Sorry, scrap that, delete it. CliffCentral.com. Alrighty, hello, welcome to it, The Bounce Show, 24th of August. If you're listening live, good morning, hello. What a lovely day it is here in Johannesburg, here in South Africa. If you're listening on the podcast, well, hello to wherever you may be. You can always get in touch with the show. It's quite easy. On the live, the WhatsApp line in South Africa, it is 079-748-2090. Or just tweet me at follow the bounce. If you're listening on the podcast, well, just email me, ben at thebounce.co.za. That's how you get in touch with me. That's pretty easy. Pretty easy indeed. So much to catch up on sport-wise. Last week we had a really great discussion about drones. I'm glad to say my drone is finally back. It has been a long, long time. was over a month. Um, quick little recap. I basically took it to a place that seemed reputable, seemed fine. They didn't have any parts, which is fine. you got to wait and all that kind of stuff. Eventually I needed the drone for some work stuff I'm, I'm doing at the moment. Uh, so I took it somewhere else. Um, I took it somewhere else with the gimbal already fixed. Turns out that this thing was completely installed like incorrectly. Um, this new place thankfully came to my aid and uh, they fixed everything. So Skyfix, thanks a lot. You guys are legends and the drone's back in the air. Hurrah, 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 hurrah. So that's kind of cool. That's got me in better spirits. Uh, the box went over the weekend. That was very good. So it's always nice to see the Springbox win, but also just kind of thinking that maybe they have turned the tide because 2016, well, it was so terrible. So now they've had four pretty good wins, pretty four pretty good runouts, but um, they have been relatively easy runouts with all, all things considered. When you think that the Argentinian side is essentially the same team that came 10th in Super Rugby, but now traveling to Salta, traveling to far off lands in Argentina is going to be much more difficult. But we'll get into all of that. We've got lots of rugby to talk about today. Fair amount of football too, because the local leagues have all started. Of course, the English Premier League's been in the mix for now two weeks, and uh, there's still some still some resid- residual. Sorry, trying to use a financial term here. Some residual transfer talks that have been going on in the background. Uh, I think Coutinho is still like the last name that might something might happen around him, but just stupid money being thrown at him. That's not important. It was a big week for Tiger Woods for all the wrong reasons again. Uh, it's kind of what we say nowadays, that Tigers in the news always for the wrong reasons. Uh, his schlong was in the mix. Sheepers. I mean, a very, very uh, graphic imagery going around the internet right now about Tiger's dick. If you literally just, I think you just Google Tiger's dick and you can see it, that's where it's got to. I mean, everyone takes dick pics. Like I was saying earlier in the week, that uh, if you're ever going to basically criticize someone for taking a dick pic, you know, you've living there in your glass house. Everyone takes a dick pic. Everyone sends dick pics. That's how it is. If you're not sending them, you've got to actually ask yourself some pretty big questions about who you are as a human being. 
And uh, Tiger's like anyone else. So he sent a few, I'm sure. He's done far worse. I mean, the guy was caught with a variety of call girls, escorts, prostitutes. I don't think a dick pic's going to make us too, you know, red-faced. So we've got that to discuss. We've got cricket. So much cricket in that this T20 Global League thing that's being held in South Africa. That's kind of starting to get to a point now where things are taking shape. This very weekend, there's going to be the big player auction. So how that works is that I think there's about... 200 domestic players that are in the mix, so to speak, as far as uh, a player pool is concerned. Additionally, there's about, I think, another 90 international players. So they've got to fill all these teams and they'll be just like in the, in the IPL, there'll be like a process where, um, you can bid in the players. And, uh, if that goes well, then these guys make money and well, hopefully like more money comes into South Africa. That's actually all I care about. Maybe I'm getting old, but economically that's all i care about this cricket league is going to be like any other forgettable t20 league i just really hope it boosts the economy and creates employment it's probably not what you want to hear on a sports show but that's exactly how i feel about it so we'll get into that obviously there's been some controversy around that with the coaches being involved and i think the south african public have got the wrong idea about what this t20 global league is the the clue is in the name it's a global league so we'll get into that there's, of course, loads and loads of golf. It's the FedEx Cup that's coming to this final run now. So there'll be four big events. All the best golfers, the top 125 on the USPGA Tour. They basically play in the fourth, first event, which starts this weekend. And then it slowly gets whittled down. So that only the best, I think, um, best 50 or best 25. I think it's best 50 right at the end. Then they play for the big money. You win all of this, $10 million. That is really, really cool. Um, yes, we got all that, but we're going to start off with A.B. de Villiers. Now, yesterday, he had a big announcement to make. And uh, for the last year and a bit now, A.B.'s been in the, in the news, much like Tiger, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, obviously, South Africa's most supremely gifted and talented uh, cricketer. He, well, he's been the golden boy of the sport for quite some time. And uh, obviously, after the, the legacy left by Jacques Callas, he was going to always be the next great thing that's going to be known as this next great legend. But workload, all things considered, AB hasn't kicked on how everyone expected. Uh, and that means nothing against the guy. I think he's managing his career the best that he sees fit. And when it comes to your own career, only you know how to do this. But the way he's gone about it has obviously taken a whole bunch of negative publicity. So him being not, not being in the test match side, that was a biggie. Especially when your team gets absolutely decked 3-1 in England by England. And I still don't believe that's a really fantastic English side. The West Indies right now are obviously blowing more smoke up their ass by being so terrible. But this Ashes is going to be very interesting and it could be a rude awakening for the English. But let's see what AB had to say. This big announcement that he made on Twitter yesterday afternoon. A lot has been said and written over the past 12 months. And I feel it is time to make my position absolutely clear. Over the past year or so, I've tried to manage my commitments. I've felt mentally and physically tired. My wife and I are bringing up two fantastic kids and playing in all three formats ever since 2004 has taken its toll. Together with Cricket South Africa, we have tried to develop a viable schedule which allows me to prolong my career for as long as possible. This strategy has prompted some people to say that I'm picking and choosing when to play for the Proteus and even to suggest I'm somehow putting myself before the team. This is simply not true. That has never been true. Playing for South Africa is and will always be the greatest privilege of my life. Now, to move forward. Faf du Plessis has proved to be an outstanding captain of the T20 and Test teams. And bearing this in mind, I have informed Cricket South Africa that I would like to step down as captain of the ODI team. It has been an honor to lead the team for the past six years. 
but it is now time for somebody else to take the ODI side forward. And whoever is chosen as the new ODI captain will have my complete support. Following this recent break, I really do feel refreshed and revived. I want to get back on the field and I have today assured the national selectors that I will be available for selection in all three formats of the game during the coming season. There is plenty of hard work ahead in the nets and I must prepare properly. But I will be ready to play, if required, from the middle of October onwards. Lastly, if I'm lucky enough to be selected, I can't guarantee runs and catches. Nobody can do that. But what I can absolutely guarantee is 100% commitment to the Proteas in every format of the game, as and when required. That was my promise when I made my debut in 2004, and that is my promise today. Thank you. All right, okay, now I want you to talk about the backing music, but that's all over the place, right? If you really want to break it down, which obviously we do in sport and in social media, we scrutinize the crap out of things. Firstly, AB's been playing these three formats since 2003, I think he said. No, fair enough. Everyone has a job. Everyone gets tired of it. We're now in 2017, right? That is a bloody long career. I still... I still stick with what I said a few months ago. This guy is entitled to do whatever he wants. He's entitled to do it because he's put the hard yards in. And there's more to life than just hitting a ball around the world, okay? It's as simple as that. But if you're going to come across as someone who says that playing for the country is my biggest, is the biggest honor and is everything in my life, um, his profile picture is him in a IPL shirt. And he says that I'm refreshed after a nice break, but I'm kind of only going to play cricket from middle of October. So you're so fresh, but yet you're not going to play test cricket straight away because the Bangladesh series is coming up. Okay. Granted, it's two, it's two matches and it is Bangladesh and they are playing in sort of like the lesser stadiums of the country, but it just seems bizarre that you've taken a break, but now you need a little more, bit more of a break and you'll only play test cricket again when your next opponents are India. I take it. So look, I mean, I, I, I take no delight in knocking AB because first, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of things he's done in his career and I think he doesn't get the support that he deserves. But then again, he's in the public eye. People are going to roast him about anything. And that's what I have to comment on because this is the story, right? I mean, first, what I think of things is not really that important. It's the general consensus around there. And that's the purpose of the show is that we take all these different insights and we share them so that at least you know more about sport and what's happening in the sporting realm. So if he believes that he is his biggest honors to play for, for his country, there are a couple of things that need to come into that. There's a couple of theories as in he's only going back to test cricket because the next opponents are India, right? And they have the big sponsor with the MRF bat. I'd like to say that's not true. But it's a little bit coincidental. Not playing in the Bangladesh series. Someone also had a theory on, they shared with me on Twitter that he's not going to play the Bangladesh series just so that they can up the, the quota numbers for the year. As in, pick a black player in AB's place for this series. And then when it comes to India, they can pick him. And then they say, well, guys, you know, we've had X amount of black players playing in the team this year. Cause I think that's how the quotas are actually done. Again, this is me just relaying conspiracy theories on the side here. Uh, I think that's how the quota, the quota thing is done. It's not done on a, an ultimate every single match. It's over a season. So if your participation shows certain uh, black players at a certain time, it all adds up into like an annual average, so, so to speak. So these are all the things you don't want to talk about in sports. You like you want to be excited about AB coming back. That's what you. This is what the thing comes down to. If this was 15 years ago, right, and AB took a bit of a break, and then he in a newspaper article you read that he's back and he's committed, we all would have gone. Oh, that's so cool. Good on you, AB. But because we're in this age where we are bombarded with so much information, we're bombarded with all these different insights, and we're on this open chat forum where everyone's now sharing their stuff, we're going like, huh? hang on a second. Wait, he's taking a rest because he only plays when India pay him? 
all these different theories. So I think when it comes down to this, I know some people are just believing that he should just retire, move on. He's not going to add anything because he's nothing more than a distraction. That in itself, there's merit in that comment. But I think AB is just another fine example of how we care too much about sport. We're far too involved in the individual characters. And ultimately, these guys are just hitting a ball. That's sport. It's entertainment. They are nothing. That's all they do. Entertainment. Um, I saw people losing their shit yesterday on Twitter around this. They really were hugely like, unimpressed by all of this and angry at times. Uh, AB, of course, is a, a huge Indian following. I think he's got about almost 5 million followers on Twitter. That little video I played for you now was retweeted 2,000 times, liked 9,484 times, which then leads to huge amounts of dialogue and discussion. Of course, with his Indian fan base, they just everyone loves him. They're just so happy. <laughs> But yeah, so he won't be captain of the one-day side. That's a good thing. I think Faf to go for all three formats of the game makes sense now. But again, then it goes back to the workload. So ultimately, someone has got to pick up the can a lot more than other players in sport. And that's just how it works. AB done it for quite a, lot, quite a while. Everyone thought, he thought in particular that captaincy was going to be the next thing. It didn't work. And he at least is admitting that. And he's doing it by saying, look, I think Faf is a really great captain. I'm stepping away from this. His priority is to play and manage himself through to the next World Cup where the Proteus will ultimately choke the fuck out of it again. Okay, that last part was maybe mean, but <laughs> recent history, what do we got to go on? So that's the big news around the cricket uh, with AB. Now, the World T20 League, I mentioned at the start of the show. So these are the... I mean, you're probably thinking, like, who are these teams, where they're playing, who's playing in them? Okay, I, the things I can guarantee for you right now is I can guarantee you that who the eight teams are, okay? The Stellenbosch Monarchs. Now, they will play in Paul. They also had a massive financial withdrawal. So the Stellenbosch Monarchs, that's already off to a bad start. The Durban Colanders, I hope I pronounced that in, uh, correctly, Colanders, these are basically spiritual roamers around Pakistan, Iran, that kind of area. Uh, so bear in mind, again, the reason why I want to go quite in depth with this this week is that all of these teams are basically owned by outside people, so foreigners, right? So if you were thinking it was going to be the Durban Impies or the Durban Dolphins or the Durban Zulus, whatever, they don't give a toss about South African culture, right? So that's why, and again, like, should they? They are paying for this. This is their thing. This is their jam. So the Durban Kalanders, that'll be the second team. The Bloom City Blazers, that is your third team. The Cape Town Knight Riders. Now they are named the Knight Riders because they are owned by the Knight Riders, as in the IPL team. So that's just another example of a successful franchise going global. The Pretoria Mavericks. That is not in any way aligned to the strip club. That's just their name. Now the Port Elizabeth team was recently unveiled as the Nelson Mandela Bay Stars. So obviously they're going to capitalize on a bit of Madiba wherever they could. So that is one example of these foreign people trying to pick on uh, some local culture because all this T20 stuff, it's all big name sell, right? Now with the Benoni Zelmies, Zelmai, so Graham Smith is the head coach there, right? Jeffrey Toyana is the assistant coach. Again, massive uproar around this. How can Jeffrey Toyana, he's been successful as a head coach for the, the Gauteng-based team, how is he assistant? How does Graham Smith jump over him? Well, look, the people who own the Zelmi, they... Grace was a bigger name globally. That's all they care about. It's like Mark Boucher is the, the coach of the Nelson Mandela Bay Stars. It's been coaching for like five minutes, but it's big names that sell these things, guys. This is all it is. We can't be too precious about this. The Joburg Giants, uh, that makes up the eight teams. So, 
That's pretty exciting uh, if you're into T20. But now, how this works in the greater picture of things, right, and you might not hear this too often or haven't heard this yet, is that the way the T20 cricket is going and all the power players behind it, because there's lots, there's huge money in this, and we'll see it this coming weekend. I think it's Sunday there's going to be the big player auction in Cape Town. And there'll be a whole bunch of money thrown at players for good or for bad reasons. But how this all works is that what these guys who are behind this T20, uh, call it what you want. Let's just say the T20 corporation of the world. All these big power players here from mostly the subcontinents around Asia there. Now what they want to do, their ultimate plan is that they want to have a T20 global league, global season, right? So that is, so take for instance the Knight Riders. They'll have a team that will play in a variety of tournaments. So here they are playing at the Global T20 League at South Africa's tournament. Uh, they ultimately want to play IPL and then there's a few other tournaments around. So this, this league here that South Africa are going to start, it's just going to become part of a massive global expansion plan so that for the whole year, there will be T20 tournaments going on. So people can then get into that sort of mindset. So when you think about it, when people are now going to be selling TV rights, they're not going to be selling TV rights for the global league T20. They're going to be selling it for the global season of T20 cricket. So this is where it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is going to be such a common thing that we can have these teams. So certain teams will be in a variety of tournaments, which is kind of smart. But it also means that T20 is going to take more of the cricket, which means that the West Indies will be completely even shitter at test cricket, if that makes any any sense whatsoever. It also means might not have as much test cricket, which then grows the divide between the Tier 2 sides and the Tier 1 sides. And when I say Tier 1 sides, there's literally three of them, guys. I'd hate to be a bearer of bad news here, but it's the big money that makes you play test cricket. And South Africa have slipped down. India, Australia, England, those are your big tier one nations because they've got the money and they've got the ability to structure their schedules how they want. The other teams, well, they're standing there with a plate and when they get fed, they get fed. Otherwise, they're just standing there. And that is the hard and cold reality of cricket. Boiled down to five minutes of me rambling. Anyway, let's go to Tiger Woods' cock rather. Slightly less uh, serious. So... Dick pics, you know all how they work. You send them to someone you're ultimately in a sexual relationship with, or do you just kind of like, or you just sort of stalking quite hard? Everyone's got a game. That's no problem. But now, a lot of the celebrities have been hacked in the last few months, the last couple of years, because of the cloud. Now, the cloud is something where, look, in my personal opinion, it was invented by perverts who were just wanting to see celebrities naked, and they found a way of geeking their way into that. But if, say, for instance, if you got a 32 meg, uh, or sorry, 32 gig phone, and um, you don't have enough space for all the videos, all the amazing cat photos and stuff like that. Well, the cloud's cool because then your stuff goes into the cloud. You're not taking any sp- any space of your phone. Anyway, I'm not going to tell what a cloud is. Uh, so this latest thing was Lindsay Vonn. Okay, she used to be Tiger's girlfriend. I think they were dated for about two years. So Lindsay Vonn's phone was apparently hacked. And this is where it all stems from. So just to kind of give you a background on this, there's this really controversial guy in America called Mike Francesa. I hope I pronounced that right. Mike Francesa, he's got a, a sports show and he's an old school guy who is not scared to say certain things, but this is his take on the whole Tiger's dick pic scenario. No, well, and I agree. So and, I think and, and there's I guess, a little bit. Now, I don't think Tiger Woods, remember, Tiger Woods had nothing to do with this. This came off Lindsey Vaughn's phone is the story. Well, so right, he right, didn't have anything he, to do with it, but there was a photo of him in there. So the bottom well, line yeah. is, okay, he let her take a picture of him naked. So be it. All right. That's his prerogative. That's his business. But it wound up, which he wasn't happy about, it wound up now on an Internet. So now if you're interested what Tiger Woods looks like naked, you can go find it. 
be my guest. Right? If that's what, uh, you know, that's what, you know, makes your day, go ahead and have fun. I'm going to tell you. But if you notice, see, I'm always very skeptical of this stuff from a standpoint of the young ladies, because why does it keep happening? If they wanted to protect themselves, they wouldn't take the photos. They all take the photos, and then they get hijacked. But how come they take them? I think they take them to send them to people. Why? Why would you be transmitting naked photos of yourself? What is the point? If you notice, these actresses all wind up with naked photos of themselves somewhere. So it seems to be kind of a rite of passage for these actresses for this to happen. So I think I'm a little skeptical. I think when maybe someone's maybe, you know, not in the public eye, this is how they get themselves back in the public. I'm not talking about Tiger here because this has nothing to do with Tiger. Tiger didn't do this. Tiger just happened to be in one of the photos. That's all. Well, two of the photos. I don't know how many photos. I have no idea. There might be more than two. I'm, I'm gathering there's a couple. I don't know. I didn't. I, just, I think 43. Oh, there's 43. Okay, well, I mean, now there's 43 photos. I, I have no idea how many photos they took. So, whatever. But, hey, listen, if that's... if that's, Hadn't Lindsay Vaughn already been in a, fo a photo shoot before? Hadn't she done a photo shoot before that? I thought she did a photo shoot for ESPN or something. I think that was for the, the Body magazine. This right, was but not... she was naked in that, too, right? But you can't see anything. Okay, now you can see uh, uh, her private parts. Okay, so, okay. Well, that's what you want to do, go do it. Uh, what can I tell you? There is a grouchy old man, huh? Anyway, it's a good clip because he basically brings in the context what it's all about. There were a whole bunch of photos, loads, actually. So a lot of Tiger, uh, sorry, not a lot of Tiger. Like, literally, there was one pretty full-size dick pic. A lot of vagina pics from Lindsay, though. And uh, that was another story altogether. So um, Tiger just can't get good press, right? Now, the only reason that Tiger Tiger Woods can ever get good press is if he plays golf because he's a golfer. Again, this is not exactly difficult to work out. So he, for, he therefore cannot get good press because he can't golf. His injuries are what they are. And even if he was to be 100% physically fit, his mental capacity to get back in the game right now would be very, very difficult. So unfortunately, this amazing career that we all came to love and know and admire has gone from hookers to drunken disorderly, the uh, prescription drugs, and now one of the most famous dick pics of all time. But at least he wasn't come out like Ian Botham or anyone else and said, no, that's not me. He hasn't like, denied it. It's very much Tiger. And uh, good on you, Tiger. Everyone takes dick pics. Let's not judge him. And sure as hell, let's not judge Lindsey Vaughn. I mean, this old git over here, he will because he's from that school that women are always wrong before a man can ever do anything. But it's good for Lindsey. Throw it out there. It's staying relevant. Screw you. The only reason you want to bring up something like this in your show is because you want to stay relevant, hypocrite. Yeah. So the big money fight that takes place this weekend, I think we are three days away now. And um the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, there's been so much hype around this. Everyone who loves boxing is calling it a massive travesty because it's a freak show. Anybody who loves entertainment like you and I, well, we just want them to go hit each other. That's all that is. So if you don't, if you are slow to the, um, to the pickup on this one, so Conor McGregor has never liked Floyd Mayweather. The feelings have been very much mutual. Uh, Floyd Mayweather retired with a record of 49 and 0, so he was never beaten in the ring. People, no one really loved Floyd, okay? Now his, his wound battery aside, the courts dealt with, no one's really liked him because he was always just like, he was a very 
technically correct and astute fighter, but he wasn't the kind of guy that would land the big knockout punches. He was just always one that would manipulate someone around the ring, and that was his style, and that's how he was like one of the greatest of all time. Conor McGregor, as we know, he is this ex-plumber that got into the UFC by just talking his mouth off. And you got to admire where this guy has come from. He's come from like nothing, right? He then went into a position where he was saying, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up. And he did. He backed everything up. He even then went to different weight divisions. The guy has definitely earned his stripes. So the biggest stretch of ever would to think that he would then go into the boxing ring. So... The only way this fight was ever going to work, and there was like a year of speculation about this. I mean, there was this strange smoldering bromance on the back of it. But the only way this ever would work is if Conor McGregor would go and agree to a boxing fight. Because if it was a UFC mixed martial arts fight, there's not a chance that Floyd Mayweather would stand a, a minute in the in the ring with 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 Conor if he were to use all his limbs. So it's gone just back to boxing, which means that Floyd, Floyd Mayweather is the overwhelming favorite for this fight. But there really has just been so much, so much hype. So UFC obviously backing the crap out of um, uh, Conor McGregor. And then Mayweather and his own hype force, they're obviously going to be backing their man, which is the money team, Mayweather. So it's just like just an, an, a brief indication about what's been happening when they have these press conferences or these hype rallies. And they've been happening all over. Huh? These This is different countries. They went on a world tour where they basically just talk smack about each other and just try to get people to shout and cheer kind of like this ladies and gentlemen the reigning defending 155 pound champion of the ufc the notorious conor mcgregor so that's donna white the ufc guy he's he almost exploded there he actually almost exploded but I would love to know, you've got to be a massive fight fan if you're actually going out, you're taking time off work here to go watch this. We'd like to welcome the undefeated 12-time world champion in five different weight classes, the best ever, the undisputed pound-for-pound pound world champion, none other than Floyd Money Mayweather! Gotta have a hype man here. I keep saying I've got to start the show with a hype man. If you're a hype man, you're welcome to come and work for me. The pay is going to be terrible, but I mean, it'd be quite a cool opportunity to, to hype me up. Well, probably not. So they, they would always be hyped up around these whole, these little road shows, and then they would have various things to say. Obviously, very disparaging against each other. There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. I don't give a fuck if it's a ring. I don't give a fuck if it's, a, if it's an octagon. Put me in there and I'm going to kick ass. Don't be talking shit. You do give a fuck if it's an octagon. So I am just up here embracing everything. Nobody's going to do nothing. Nobody can do nothing up here to me. I can do what the fuck I want up here. So... I'm just enjoying myself, having a good time. Um, and that's it. As far as the fight, he will be unconscious inside four rounds. The movement, the power, the ferociousness. He's not experienced this. All workers what? All workers what? Well, point to the fucking easy work then. So as you can see, not a real high level of conversation. People who have shied away from him. I don't fear him. I don't fear this limited set 
of, of, of fighting. This is a, this is a limit, limited set of, of rules that makes this half a fight, a quarter of a fight. This isn't a true fight. If this was a true fight, it wouldn't even take one round. Oh, y'all already know. Y'all already know I y'all already know I ain't bitch made. I ain't back down for no motherfucking body. You line them up and I knock them down like bowling pins. And August 26th, I'ma knock this bitch out too. Yeah, really. So I don't give a shit. If you go into YouTube right now, there is hours and hours and hours of this kind of tripe where these two just I don't know, trade barbs, but they've been doing it for so long. So they are going to be so exhausted that when this fight's done, I'm not talking about the physical aspect. You know, exhausting is to do this all day. Still got a hundred million and then he never touched this shit. And it's all just so crass as well. It's all they ever talk about is money. And <laughs> you're right. I'm the IRS and I'm going to tax your ass. I'm the IRS. I'm gonna tax her ass. Like at one stage, like Flo was throwing money at Connor, saying he was richer than him. Connor was then picking up the money and he's saying, "Well, I'm not richer than you." And it's it's just it's it, there is so much wrong with this on many levels. Some people are even saying right now in the current American climate to have a white guy taking on a black guy in a, such a high profile fight is really really bad. Obviously, that's just horseshit. That's people just like trying to make a story out of nothing but there's so much wrong with this but there is so much right with this for entertainment's sake they've both got these huge backstories they've both got the ability to be seen as legends in their own realm and the whole someone going to a different sport it's massive and these two have got to be celebrated as two of the biggest hyper machines in our lifetime whether you love them hate them couldn't actually care about them there is something about this this is a god-given gift being this this full of yourself Nobody else in about 20 years. <laughs> but it's also looking at two eight-year-olds in a sugar rush in a, in a schoolyard just fighting each other. So the money fight comes with a money belt. Yep, I am not telling any lies. There's a WBC money belt with 3,600 diamonds in it. <laughs> like, if you were to try and make this fight any tackier, you would fail. You would really, really fail. But I also heard today that... If you want to advertise on Conor McGregor's shorts, as in when he walks out and his boxing shorts that he's going to be fighting in, $15 million to get your brand, get your whatever on there. $15 million. Everything these guys do leading to this fight. So as much as people will be ripping them off and saying how crass and how dreadful this is and what Travis is to the sport, everyone has lapped up every single move of this. I haven't been paying too much attention to it because you heal this crap all the time. But the amount of endorsements these two of them pulled in together, I reckon at the end of it, they're just going to have a beer together and have a good laugh about the fact they've made hundreds of millions of dollars in the back of this. But Rory McIlroy, the golfer Rory McIlroy, actually had the best to say about this whole fight up until this point. He said he just hopes it isn't fixed. Because of all this hype and this huge amount of money being bet in this fight, right? So much. So he's saying, I just hope it's not fixed because if it is, it'll be such a disaster. Because if McGregor knocks um, Mayweather out, someone's going to make a huge amount of money. Same, for instance, if, if uh, Mayweather wins this thing. A lot of people are actually betting on an upset here, as in betting on McGregor to win this. But there'll be money... Either way, this, they call it the money fight for various reasons because at every single level of this fight, including the gambling, there is money involved. Sure, I'm tired just watching these guys. It's relentless. I'm not the same fight I was five years ago. I'm not the same fight I was two years ago. But I got enough to beat you. 
if you were to play, if you used to go to YouTube and type in Mayweather vs. McGregor and you were to play it, basically these videos will loop and you will not watch the same video twice until I think the fight does start. If you are looking to watch it in South African time, 5.30 Sunday morning, which will be the 20, uh, maybe 27th or whatever, whatever Sunday is, that's where you can watch the money fight. We know Mr. Tapout like to quit. Yeah, rush. Cock in a block. I really hope Conor McGregor wins this. I think it'll be really, really interesting and it'll be really, really funny. At the same time, Mayweather wins this. He has the perfect record of 50 fights and zero losses. Yeah, look, I've never liked the guy, but that's not important. On to rugby, that is really important. And it was a good opening weekend for the rugby championship. It was good in the fact that it was entertaining in the first half against uh, New Zealand versus Australia. 40 points to six they were up. Australia had this really great plan that they were going to try distract the team and Aaron Smith by bringing up old text messages from that chick he had sex with in the bogs in Christchurch. Uh, it it backfired, uh, back, backfired terribly. 40 points to six up at halftime. The Aussies, well, the game was completely lost. And you think going back in the years, there's been so many great encounters between these two teams. For it to be done after 40 minutes, that's just hugely, hugely sad. But that was the case. The Aussies did fight back to their credits, so the end score was... 54-34, but for the New Zealanders, they'd already had the bonus point win. They rang the whole bench. Everyone had a, had a go. Um, I think you and I could have probably run on there, and it wouldn't have actually re- affected the result. So 54-34. The return fixture is now in Dunedin. Dunedin's where they're playing that sort of indoor greenhouse thing. But over to the Springboks. Again, there was a decent start by them. Uh, a bit worrying in the first 10 minutes of play. They didn't really make any sort of forward momentum. There was a lot of lateral play. But this is a decent team, and they came back. They showed a lot of character, a lot of fight. And say what you want about the Aussies, um, we shouldn't be too hard in the box by saying they've got inferior competition at the moment. They did well. They scored some really good tries. The forwards in particular, they were fantastic. They were really, really amazing. And they're full credit for the result they got. I mean, there were times that the box were literally running with the Aussies in the scrum. I mean, that is ridiculous. The Argentinian scrum has been one of the biggest things in, in world rugby, and it's something that they've always kind of pride themselves on. And, uh, well, they were getting eaten completely by the box, and that is really, really good to see. So there are huge improvements that are happening, and you've got to give them credit for that. So this weekend, Saturday, um, yeah, Saturday we'll see 9.40, if you're looking to watch that game live, South Africa versus New Ze- uh, sorry, versus Argentina. Played in Salta, something that takes about three days to get to, is the place in Salta. It's about uh, Cape Town to Joburg, away from where Buenos Aires is, so the guys have a very, very long and horrible travel schedule to get there. So 9.40 South African time on Saturday, that'll be the big game. And uh, 9.35 early in the day, New Zealand versus Australia. There's not, not much more we can really say about the rugby championships right now. Obviously, there's only two teams that are going to be, well, there's only one team that can win it. It's the All Blacks. I keep saying it every single year. If you want a quick investment on your money, you can make a 12% return. So if you put 100,000 rand down on the All Blacks, you'll get 112,000 back by just literally watching the rugby championship because New Zealand is the only team that can ever win this. That's just how it is. They're that good. And the other teams, unfortunately, have plateaued terribly. Until Sanzar money is taken away from New Zealand, as in if South Africa were to pull out of Sanzar, that will be the best team in the world and the best team in Sanzar by a long way. So only two teams, uh, sorry, only one team can win it. South Africa are going to be the, the second best team. That is the big goal. And if not, well, it's, I can't see Argentina getting there. And Australia, they don't look so great. I know they fought back hard in that second half, scoring four tries to two. 
but ugh, there's not a lot going on there. And again, team cultures. If you look at where South Africa's gone and you look at the other two teams, they've gone backwards at an alarming rate. So let's go into the football then. Uh, there's been an interesting week of football because the leagues have got going. But just to start off with that transfer, transfer story. So we all know Neymar went to PSG. Okay. Now PSG, they have the Arab money. I don't know if that's politically incorrect, but the Emirates money, which is normally come from natural resources like oil and gas and that kind of stuff. So they have all this government money behind them. So Qatar basically owns uh, PSG and they want the World Cup. So they needed Neymar to save face. But um, on the back of that, so obviously he's gone over to the French League One and he's scored two goals in his first game. Hurrah. You know what? He's going to score many goals because that French League One is not great. There's like two or three teams. There's PSG, there's Monaco, and there's like maybe one or two can be competitive. Outside of that, it's pretty average. So Coutinho now is, looks like that is Barcelona's next um, play. So they need to replace Neymar. How are they going to do it? Well, they obviously can't replace like for like because there's no one like it. Coutinho, again, football is all about marketing, right? This guy's got tattoos, he's got a fancy hairstyle, he's Brazilian, he checks out on paper. But is he worth a hundred million pounds? <laughs> no, not at all. Everyone's having a massive laugh here. I mean, this is the biggest waste of money since. No, this is this will, probably would be the biggest waste of money actually. So if I were Liverpool, and a lot of people are saying this, just sell Coutinho, get the big paycheck from Barcelona. You can then buy two or three players that will basically have the same quality as him, and then you're going to bolster your squad because let's face it, Liverpool have the same problem as Arsenal. They haven't got enough in defence, and they haven't got enough quality in their squad to really go through the entire season. And when I say entire season, Liverpool have just made it into the Champions League. So that draw will take place today, uh, 24th of, of August in the afternoon time. They are got Champions League. The longer you stay in there, the more money you make, the more players you can have, the better it is for your team. You stay in that. Then there's FA Cup, there's the local, there's the league, uh, the national league in England, and there's the Premier League. And now Klopp's been there for a, a while now. It's not like he's still this new coach. So there's going to be huge expectations around that. He needs a good squad. They're not going to die if they lose Coutinho. Simple as that. So in uh, actual results, actual things taking place on the field in the English Premier League, well, Chelsea have got off to, well, it was a horrible start last week, but they came back so strong beating Chelsea this past week. Sorry, the last round of fixtures. They beat them 2-1 at Wembley. Now, if you're not sure why Tottenham are playing at Wembley, like uh, Quinton here, well, Quinton is quite simple. Spurs, after they beat Arsenal and after they finished second in the league last year, they were ripping up White Hart Lane. Because next door they're building a much bigger stadium. So I think there's like a 20% increase in capacity now. And when you're selling out a stadium every single week, something that we don't actually understand here in this country, because most of our games aren't very well supported, that's a lot of money. So the investment in a big stadium is huge. Arsenal did it. They went from Highbury, which was about I don't know, 15, 20,000 to the Emirates, which is about 80,000. You put that into mass, 60,000 more people every single uh, weekend coming to your stadium or every single week at some stage. That's huge money. So that's where they play at Wembley. But now every team has gone to Wembley because of stadium upgrades. If you look at Arsenal, they were in the Champions League once when they were basically making the Emirates Stadium and they were crap. Some say there's a bit of a Wembley curse for anybody who's trying to make it their home ground. Well, Spurs, they lost to Chelsea, so maybe that's the start of the curse. Not so good. Huddersfield Town, they're unbeaten. You don't know who they are? That's fine. They're going to fizzle out mid-season or even sooner, but still a good start by Huddersfield Town. Uh, Arsenal, they lost to Stoke. It is the annual Stoke choke. They just can't seem to shake it. 
But, uh, Liverpool, they got a good, good win against Crystal Palace after starting quite bad, uh, the week before. And then the big story, of course, is just Man United. They are blowing teams away at the moment. They've played two games. They've scored eight goals. That's four apiece to each side. Really, really big thing there. And speaking of Manchester United and ex-players, Wayne Rooney, who's now retired from international football completely. Of course, he went to Everton. He went back to his roots in Everton. And the guy started with score with the goals in his first two games. So much so that he even managed to slight Man City. So Man City drew with Everton 1-1. So early days in the league there, those are your initial happenings. Obviously, there's big games every weekend in that league. It is a hugely competitive league. And even though people say, well, the league is the best league because look how many teams they have in the Champions League, totally agree with that. Lots of quality, but it's very, very top-heavy. Whereas in the English Premier League, some of the games are a lot more predictable. There's a lot more going on here, and it's much more enjoyable league to watch in my personal opinion in the PSL well defending champs it has not started well for Vitz they lost their first match to Cape Town City and then last night they were held by free set stars 2-2 on the other hand Cape Town City that well they've won their first two matches that's a very very good start for them Kaiser Chiefs well they've already lost one so they uh, it's not a bad start for them they lost Super Sport United last night and Pirates well I don't know if you're a Chiefs or Pirates fan it's not going so great in the last few years, uh, it's not so great for the Sundowns right now either. They lost their, their, their match against Polokwane City last night. So it's going to be a very wide open, very, very wide open uh, campaign, I think, this season. Because you've got the old established stars that have been floundering the last few years. They've got to come good at some stage. Then you've got someone who's been as dominant as Sundowns. They sort of lost their edge ever since they became African champions. You've got the newcomers, Cape Town City. You've got the defending champs, Vitz. And then there could be a dark horse around somewhere. You never know with this league. You really don't. It is very unpredictable. And in that is its own charm. That's pretty much it for this week. We've covered uh, all the sort of big talking points that you need to know. So if you are going to a bri this weekend or you're in your office setting, uh, looking to make new friends around sport, that's the idea of the show. I'll give you everything you need. But yeah, the FedEx Cup for golf-wise, this will be this weekend. What an amazing kind of run for all the big golfers because they can do all this and then top American players, top international players still play the President's Cup. So we've got five Massive, massive, massive weeks of golf ahead. Plus, after that, the European Tour then goes into its thrilling climax with all the big end-of-season events. So, Northern Trust Open, that is this weekend, followed by the Dell Technologies Championship, followed by the BMW Championship, followed by the Tour Championship. And that's how it breaks down. So, four weeks, four huge events. And if you win one of these, it's a real big deal. Happens with 125 of the top players from the season. They go into this now. And then after this, the top 100 players on the on the basic point system, they'll play next weekend in the Dell Technology Championship. Then it gets cut down to 70 for the BMW Championship. And then the final, the Tour Championship, that will be the top 30 points, uh, top 30 people on the on the, the, the order of merit, so to speak, which is a really, really great event. The top 30 players and, yeah, winning these is a really, really big deal. That's it basically for me. Uh, big, big week, weekend of sport. There's obviously Curry Cup action that's still going on. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but yeah, local football, crickets. Uh, I don't know. Do you actually really care about the West Indies being limp against England? Because Sri Lanka are doing exactly the same against India. The divides are strengthening between the big teams and the lesser teams in world cricket. And it's a bit sad. But if you're in one of the big metropolitans of South Africa, we have big T20 cricket coming and it's that global T20 league on the the bounce that's it this week well not a whole bunch I've been trying to make some videos on the side which I'm going to start producing more of which I've been saying for the last few months so you'll have those and then next week I'm actually not here 
So I will be away going to Club Med Bintan Island. And when you see the golf course that I'm going to be playing next week, you'll understand why, how I'm just over the moon excited about this. So follow me on Twitter at follow the bounce. Follow me on Instagram at the bounce or just the bounce and you'll see some amazing shots and videos from my trip out there. Basically I'm flying to Singapore and then I'm catching a boat for an hour south of that. And there it is, Bintan Island. It's a full on club med experience and with loads of sport. And it's just going to be sport, sport, sport. So while other people may be going for spas and beaches and all that kind of stuff and relax, I'm just going to be taking in everything. Ria, Ria Bintan Golf Course. Just Google that, for instance, just to get started. Gary Player designed. Amazing. Incredible. That's it for the Bounce Show. Catch me tomorrow, like you do all Monday, to, every Monday to Friday, uh, around 6.30 a.m. on the Gareth Cliff Show, right here on cliffcentral.com for your daily sports. Uh, you miss absolutely nothing. So between the Bounce Show here every Thursday and the daily on the Gareth Cliff Show, you'll be informed and in, in touch with everything that's happening. Uh, carry on with taking dick pics. Don't be discouraged by Tiger's current woes. That's life. Carry on. AB, keep doing what you want to do. And uh, as for the rest of sports, catch you back next week. I'm going to play out with the weekend because, oh, damn it, caught the mouse. Play out the weekend. Uh, catch you back next week. This is cliffcentral.com.